You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At Animac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2011280L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me, taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio. And the Suns made another big trade this weekend. They went out and get Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. They trade Beal. They trade Beal for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and a bunch of draft picks. And the big question is for the for the Suns is are they the best right now? Are the Suns the best team in the in the uh, in, in the Western Conference? That's the that's the big question for the Suns right now. And I I think it's close. I I think it's close between uh, them and the. Uh, them and the Nuggets. I think it's close between those two teams. But I think the difference is is Bradley Beal, as, as good as Bradley Beal is as a player, he's not the most dependable player. You can't depend on him all the time. He's missed 72 games in the last two seasons. He missed uh, 42 games in, 20, in 2022. He missed, I think, 32 this year. So he's missed I think, 74 games. 74 games in the, in the last two years. You really can't rely on him to stay healthy. And you did give up Chris Paul. And now Bradley Beal is definitely an upgrade over Chris Paul right now. But you did give up Chris Paul. I mean, the point guard situation, fine, because Devin Booker can play point guard, fine. I'm not concerned about that. But you gave up Chris Paul. You gave up some. You gave up more depth of Landry Shamit. You gave up some picks, and you may not have. And Bradley Beal not, might not be able to stay healthy. But if these three stay healthy, I think them and the Nuggets are very, very close in the Western Conference. Yeah, I agree. I think they're the best team on paper. But yeah, I don't. I don't think this team's winning a finals. Yeah, with Beal's um, durability staying on the court. We saw KD miss a lot of time too last year. You know, he's banged up and he's not getting any younger. This team's got no depth. And how did the Nuggets beat them? Because the Nuggets had depth. This team has zero depth. 
I think you're gonna they're gonna have to trade DeAndre Ayton to get some depth. You're, you're gonna have to. I know they don't want to probably, but you're gonna have to get any depth because that's how you got beat last year in the playoffs. I think that's how you're gonna get beat again in the playoffs. Oh, they're gonna trade DeAndre Ayton. I'm pretty convinced they're. Gonna, I'm pretty sure they're going to trade DeAndre Ayton because you can't really have four max guys. And, and and expect to be a championship contender because you're going to have no other player. You're going to have terrible guys around those four guys. So they're going to definitely have to, they're going to trade DeAndre. Ayton. I mean, they're not stupid. They'll trade DeAndre and get some more depth. Give me, get some more role players around those three guys. So I think Aiton's going to be traded, but again, yeah, as we say, are the Suns the best team in the Western conference? I think we still got, I think we still got to say it's the, uh, it's, it's, it's the nuggets because, uh, because they're, they won the championship last year. That uh, and and they still and, and the Nuggets. I mean, they got four really good starters. Even though Porter didn't play that well in the NBA Finals, they still got four really really good starters. The net that the Suns now have three really good really good players with KD, Durant, and uh, and and uh, Beal. But as we said, Beal and Durant have missed time. They're not the most dependable. And if one of those two guys out in the playoffs, they got to play Denver in a big playoff series. They're not winning that series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know that they won't. You know, we we saw Jokic be able to do. You know, we don't know if you know what kind of role guys the Suns are going to have to um, you know, rely on to win a series like that. Again, they're going to have to make a couple moves like Rob Plinka did and the Lakers did toward the trade line. That's kind of what they're going to have to do to build some of that depth and just kind of find the right piece around them. Yeah, I'm with you. I take Denver right now over them. If you give me those three, yeah, because Beal, Beal, I would say is borderline top 30, top 35. Like he's a good player, but he's not a great player. But yeah, like is is he you know. And we haven't seen him a ton in the playoffs yet either. You know, we we haven't been able to see that. He's been with Washington since, you know, they're they're in their own right to horrible organization. And, um, you know, they didn't get much for for him, but much for Bradley Beal. But, yeah, I I think, you know, the Suns right now totally could be the way, you know, win the finals on paper. Yeah, they look like they're probably the best team, you know, with the stars that they got or one of the best. But, yeah, I don't – right now I still got to take Denver. Oh you, oh, you got it. You got it. Yeah. I, mean, I know we haven't seen Beal. We really, we saw Beal early in his career when he was in Washington. Yeah. We haven't seen Beal in a very, very long time playing the postseason. But if these three can stay healthy, it's going to be very close. You just got to go with experience and you got to go with the team that, uh, that, that did it last year. And Denver has the experience and they're the defending champs. So I would go by, I would go with Denver, but by a little, if the three of them stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. If they're, they're healthy. Yeah. I think they can win it. You know, Again, I, I still got to see what kind of role guys they can bring in to help them out. But, yeah, you know, you're going to get a downgrade at center, which is going to be, you know, obviously you're going to have to do. But, you know, who can you fill in at that center spot to guard Jokic? Um, you know, we we saw guys step up for Denver off the bench. We didn't really see that much from Phoenix this year. Um, you know, Shamit had a couple of good games. But, look, it's – it's going to be tough for the Suns, and I'm not a big Frank Vogel guy either. I know he won a title, but he did have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'm not the biggest fan of him, so we'll see. But, look, yeah, and I still think Denver's a little bit better. But, yeah, I think Phoenix absolutely could right now could win an NBA title with the roster they got, with the pieces they have. Um, they could. I just, yeah, I don't know if they could totally stay healthy. Durant, Durant's up there too in age. Absolutely. And now we'll transition to Kevin Durant. And the big question with Durant going into the season, is he under more pressure than any player in the NBA to win a championship? And I'm going to say yes. I think it's close between Embiid and Tatum, but I'm going to say yes, because we all remember Kevin Durant joined Steph Curry's team. He joined Steph Curry's team to win those two championships. And yes, I know he won the finals MVP both years, but he joined Steph Curry's team to win those two championships. His last experience of being part of a super team 
failed in Brooklyn. This cannot fail here. He's under a ton of pressure to win a championship. I think under more than – the reason I think he's under more than Harden and Embiid, uh, than, uh, Embiid is Embiid hasn't left his team. Uh, Durant has left uh, – he's left three He's left three teams. Uh, I mean, he didn't He didn't sign with the Thunder. He went to the Warriors. Then he left the Warriors – he didn't resign with the Warriors to go to the Nets to form a super team with Kyrie and James Harden. That failed. And and uh, and, and, th- and th- this has got to work. This has got to work for Kevin Durant. For me, Kevin Durant is under more pressure than any player to win a championship. Last year, okay, you get a little bit of a pass because you weren't with that team for – you are only with that team for two months before the postseason. This year, there's no pass. Kevin Durant has got to win a title this year. Justin, do you agree? Yeah, it's tough between him and Jason Tatum just because the Boston media is so tough, you know, and everybody on those teams. I'm going to take T- – I'll take Tatum just for the sake of the argument here. You know, there's but Durant's won a couple. Jason Tatum in that core, you know, down in the bubble, they lost to the Heat. We saw him lose the Heat this year. I know they – I know last year they got the finals in game six against the Warriors, but, you know, they couldn't get it done. There's a lot of pressure – especially around here with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And can that duo work, you know, and especially too, because I know game seven at the Sixers, you know, he had an unbelievable game. He put up 50 points. I know he got hurt in game seven to Heat, so I don't want to put all the blame on him, but we really haven't seen that big kind of, besides that Sixer game, you know, in a big, big game like that, you know, can he reliably in a big spot put his team on his back and go out there and put up 40, 45? We've seen it at times, but could we see it enough? And I think there's a lot of pressure because we talked about this too during this one of the series this year. Yeah. We always talked about Kobe. Yeah. 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 We always talk about Kobe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He wants to talk about Kobe Bryant and he hasn't won any championships. It's a good point with Tatum. It's a good point. I just feel like though with Tatum, he didn't force his way out. Like Kevin Durant forced his way out of Brooklyn. He wanted out. He wanted out. He wanted this. So I think there's more pressure on him to win that championship. No, it's very close. There's a lot of pressure on Tatum. There's a lot of pressure on MB. If, uh, but Kevin Durant, you know, during his career was compared to, you know, the, the great players in the NBA. He should not be put in the same conversation as the Steph Currys and the LeBron James if he can't win a title with this Suns team. He shouldn't be put in the conversation as those guys. Because as I mentioned, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant had to join Steph Curry's team to win two rings. And then once Kevin, and after Kevin Durant left, that team won another championship. So the funny thing about the Warriors was Kevin Durant joined Steph Curry's team and it it always was Steph Curry's team. Difference between him and LeBron. When LeBron joined the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade, it was Dwayne Wade's team when he got there and it became LeBron's team once, once they started winning championships. It's different with Durant. Durant joined Steph's team and it was always Steph's team. I feel like he has to win a championship without we have to win a championship not being with the Warriors for him to be considered one of the to be considered in the even to be put in the conversation with LeBron James or Steph Curry. Yeah, and I totally agree agree with that. If he wants to be in that conversation, he's got to win one of Phoenix. And I kind of feel like the other way with Tatum is if he wants to be put up there in that pedestal with the LeBrons right now and the KDs and the Giannis's and the Jokic, he's got to win one of his own. And I, I think we've talked, like, he's good enough, and and he's a good enough player. You know, the way he can impact his team, uh, you know, the, the success he's had not getting to a final, you know, not winning a final so far. But, again, Jason Tatum could be one of the best players in the league, in the sport, and he shows he can be. But I to, to get to that stepping stone here, he's got to win that title, I feel like, to kind of be put in that category with LeBron, 
with Giannis, with Jokic, of like the best of the best in the league. And he he hasn't gotten there yet, but yes, he's been very, very close. Absolutely. Yeah, I can see there's there's a lot. There are three players. There's clearly the three players that are under the most pressure next year. Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, because he's got to validate being an MVP. He won the MVP, and Joke, if you've watched the, the NBA playoffs, Jokic completely outplayed him. Dur- Embiid was not good enough in game six, and he was terrible in game seven. So there's three guys. Jokic, no, no I mean, uh, KD, Embiid, uh, uh, and Tatum. Those three guys clearly have the most pressure of anyone to win a championship next year. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. You know, three do, you know, Embiid has, you know, Embiid's big year in front of him. You know, we'll see if James Harden comes back or if they, you know, if, or if he goes somewhere else and we'll see what they could add in there. And yeah, Tatum, another one, him and Jalen Brown got to finish, find a way to, to uh, get to the finals and or win the finals. And yeah, KD, with that team and with all the aging stars in the Western Conference, it kind of feels like them and Denver are kind of the two teams right now that could really be there in the West and, um, you know, that, that have a chance here and, Phoenix should be right there to try to win the finals next year. Absolutely, absolutely. They they got they got to be right there. They got to be right there. They got to be in the conversation to win that championship, or the, or, or or this thing fails completely if they're not. But we'll transition to Draymond Green and Draymond Green. Uh, he opted out on on Monday. He opted out is of his twenty seven point and a half million from the Golden State Warriors. And here's the thing: the big question is is will Draymond be back to the Warriors? I think he absolutely will because you heard Mike Dunleavy Jr. on Monday. He wants him back. He definitely wants him back with the team. I do think the Warriors overvalue him too much, though. I think there's a lot of loyalty there, and I think they overvalue him too much. I, I, I honestly, if I'm the Warriors, I would honestly just let him walk. I know Steve Kerr says we're not a championship team without Draymond. Uh, I don't know if that's totally true. This guy has not averaged more than 10 points a game in five years, and you saw him when he was the best player on the Warriors. They were the worst team in the NBA. I think the Warriors overvalue Draymond Green, but knowing the Warriors' loyalty to him, I think he'll be back there. I, I think so, too. Again, he's a glue guy. You know, he'll do all the little things. Again, he's not a great scorer. You know, he's a 66% free throw shooter. Like, he, he's not great scoring-wise. Like, and the problem is, is he's not a great scorer in an era where scoring means more than it yeah. ever has meant. Yes, absolutely. And that's that's the big problem. That That's why, like, yeah, he'll probably be back. Because besides the Warriors, who else is going to get more than $27 million? And if I'm the Nobody. Warriors, I wouldn't Nobody. give him that much. Nobody's yeah, giving that, more than $27 million. No. The guy averaged, like, eight and a half points a game this year. Yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, and look, he's a terrific glue guy. He'll do all the little things. He'll go after, you know, you saw him and Sabonis in the first round go at it with each other. Again, I like that kind of part of him that he'll do everything. But yeah, that that the value, that value isn't, you know, people don't value that as much as it used to be. So yeah, I think he'll be back with the Warriors. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he still opted out for 27 million because I don't think anybody else besides the Warriors would pay that. And if I'm the Warriors, I would not go. I, I would not pay him more. So I was a little bit surprised. But, yeah, I, I think the Warriors will bring him back. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, th- I think he's just going to be back with the Warriors. And you, may, you, you said it perfectly. No one's going to pay him more than $27.5 million. He's not going to get more money anywhere else than, than the Warriors. So I think I, I definitely think he will be back with the Warriors. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, and we'll see how much more that, that team's got one more run in them. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But now we're going to transition to the draft. And – Obviously, we're 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 going to do our mock draft for the, only the first fifteen picks. We're not going one to thirty. We're just going one to fifteen, and we'll start with the Spurs. And obviously, this will be a quick one. We know where they're going. It was obvious a month ago where they were going. It was Victor Wembanyama. He's the best prospect since LeBron James. And this was this. There's nothing more obvious to see to, to see that he will be the number one pick. Let's just hope he plays basketball that are better than he threw a baseball yeah. last night when he threw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. 
yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he's got to take the basketball. <laughs> he's not he's not played baseball before. But yeah, you know, he's one of the best. He's a unicorn. Thing is, you know, because body holds up. He only plays once a week over in France. So we'll kind of see how his body holds up. But a great ball handler for Scott for for his size. Again, he's been kind of penciling the number one pick since um a, a year ago from now. So yeah, you know, he'll be terrific. And the Spurs look like they got another um generational star coming coming to town. Absolutely. I'll remember uh, the, Spurs, the, the remember the Spurs in, in 97. Uh, David Robinson barely got hurt. The Spurs were one of the worst teams in basketball because they were perennially, they weren't a championship team, but they were perennially one of the best, one of the better teams in the league in the, in the early to mid-90s. David Robinson got hurt. They got a top pick. They got Tim Duncan. Then they were champions two years later. I think this guy will lead the Spurs to a championship. I think he's, he's definitely given pop, you know, at least five more years, uh, give him Pop more, definitely more coaching. I think he's got five more years in him just because of Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, I can always see that. I love Pop. I think he's one of the best in the sport. Yeah, it'd be nice to get him one more. And yeah, because that guy never seems like he's going to leave the bench. But yeah, it'd be cool to get to see him one more, get one more ring in him. So yeah, he's got a, he's got a chance now bringing Victor Wembanyama, and we'll see what else they can do. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now the draft begins at two. And for me, it's gonna it's 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 a tough pick between uh, Scoot Henderson and uh, and Brandon Miller. But for me, I got with the second overall pick, I got the Hornets taking Brandon Miller. The Hornets were 29th in three point shooting percentage last year. Brandon Miller is the best three point shooter in this uh, class. He shot 38 percent last year at Alabama. That's why with the second overall pick, I got the Hornets taking Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Justin, who do you got with the second pick? I got Scoot Henderson. But you think Miller's better than Hawkins at shooting? Think he's a better three-point shooter? Uh, no, nah, he's a more complete player. I'll give him that. Okay, he's a yeah, more he's complete more, player. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Scoot Henderson. Bills are fantastic. Well, yeah, it was this was a tough one. Uh, you know, Henderson played well in the G League. You know, you know, um, he knocked down the three-point shot. Great ball handler. Um, always seems like he's played with a chip on the shoulder. You know, I think somebody in, in Charlotte. You know, him and Lamelo Ball kind of I think could fit together. I think you know Henderson could play a little bit off the off ball too. Um, now we'll, we'll see. I know looking for a new owner now and we'll, we'll see Charlotte can get it together. Cause it's been a, been a while for them. They really haven't drafted well. And, you know, we'll see if they can get something going here in the future with LaMelo ball and maybe Scoo Henderson. Absolutely. Now the third overall pick, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk in Portland that Damian Lillard is going to get traded with who I have them selecting. I think Damian Lillard is done in Portland. And with the third overall pick, I got the Blazers selecting uh Scoot Henderson, uh, out of the G League, I think this is the guy you, you you pick to rebuild that franchise. I think this is the guy you, you've you've had Dame Lillard for over a decade. Now it looks like you're moving on from Dame Lillard. Now you get that point guard of the future, and that is Scoot Henderson. That's why I got the Blazers taking him number three overall. Yeah, I'm going uh, Brendan Miller. You know, I think he's a great term, good um, long term building block for the team. Not a great finisher around the rim, but I completely agree with you. He's probably the best complete player in this draft. Um, you know, it's five-star practice last year. You saw what that Alabama team did in the regular season. They blew out everybody they played for the most part. Um, you know, exo shooter, you know, um, you know, around the rim, he's a really good finisher as well. So I, I got Portland getting Brandon Miller. Oh, and the big question is, do you think that Portland is going to move on from Dame Lillard? I, it seems like Lillard wants to stay. I, I think, I think it depends on what kind of, ha- if Scoot Henderson's there at, Three, yeah, I think maybe there's a more incline there, but um, I, I think I think it depends on what kind of package you can get for him. 
you know, like Beal, that you know, the Wizards didn't get a ton for Beal. I think maybe you get more for maybe you get some more for Lillard, but I think it's tough. I, I'll say he sticks around for a couple more years or for at least wow, one more wow. year. Well, we'll see what happens. That's gonna be interesting, and that's gonna be very interesting. That's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with him in the offseason, see if Lillard stays or goes. That's gonna be really interesting. But we'll move on to the Rockets with the number four overall pick. The Rockets got a pretty good young core with Jalen Brown and you no, know, I mean Jalen Green and uh and Jabari Smith. I think they add to this young core, and I think they draft a Amen Thompson to add to that young core with J, with with uh Jalen Green and uh Jabari Smith. I think they add Amen Thompson to add to that young core. Yeah, I'm with you too. Coming over from the G League, super high upside. Um, you know, the, the defense could be a little bit better, but he's a ter- terrific um playmaker as well. Yeah, I think Houston adds a to that young core there that they got. And with Yudoka coming in, who's a pretty good coach, you know, I think Houston's um, future looks a little bit brighter, you know, than it has last kind of couple of years. Absolutely. 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 They got to start winning games in Houston. They got to start winning games. They're building the young core. Got to start winning games there. Now with number five overall pick, when you have one of the worst records in the league, you don't want to be number five overall, mm. but uh, with the number five overall pick, the Pistons goes to the Pistons. And I think they got some pretty good guard. They got some good guard guard play. They didn't have Cade Cunningham play last year, but he's he'll be he'll be back this year. You got Jaden Ivey. I think the big thing. I know they got Bogdanovich, but I think they need another wing. And I think Cam Whitmore could fit this team. We watched him play at Villanova. Villanova played better when he played. I only yeah. only averaged twelve and a half a game, but Villanova was a better team when he was on the floor. I know this is a potential over a production pick, but I, I, I with the number at the top with the, with the with the fifth overall pick. I got the Pistons taking Cam Whitmore. Yeah, freshman of the year in the Big East. Still thought that should have been Carabin's award, but yeah, again, come on. Whit- Whitmore's like, a really like, good like, player. played like half the year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I never understood about that. But uh, you know, nothing you can do about that. But chip on his shoulder for Carabin. He's the first one and done since St. Thomas back in '97. But he's another athletic wing. They need another knockdown three-point shooter. Uh, you know, he could space the floor as well, which they need in Detroit. Yeah, I think, you know, Detroit's got some young talent. Like, they add Whitmore. They got a really exciting core here. Again, could it translate to wins? We'll see. But I think, you know, Detroit, I'm on the same page with you. They go out and get Cam Whitmore. With the number six overall pick, that goes to the Magic. And looking at the Magic, they got, you know, Paolo Bencaro had a really, really good rookie year. He should be rookie of the year. He was he, he had a really good year. Uh, Franz Wagner, he's a good player, too. They need some guard play. Jalen Suggs hasn't lived up lived up a little bit. Markel Fultz, he's an average player at best. They need a guard. The Magic need a guard. And that's why, with the sixth pick, I got the Magic going with Anthony Black out of Arkansas. Yeah, I like Anthony Black. Um, you know, he's, he's a talented player. Didn't wasn't a great shooter last year. Um, I know Orlando needs some shooting, but for the, my first pick here, I got him getting um Arsar Thompson, the um out of overtime elite. He's not the greatest shooter in the world. Um, but again, I think he can kind of improve on that, you know. But he's a really good finisher. Um when he's a really good finisher around the rim, and um he's a phenomenal athlete. And I think Orlando with their second pick will get shooting, and I think this one kind of helps um maybe get like the best player available. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. With the seventh overall pick, that goes to the Indiana Pacers. I feel like they found a point guard in Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is a really, really good player. Mm -hmm. The thing is, he needs shooters, and he needs wings around him. And that's why with the seventh pick, I got Asar Thompson out of overtime elite going to the Pacers to put that another wing guy with Buddy Heald that that Halliburton can distribute the ball to. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a good pick. I'm going with another kind of wing guy. Too with um Jairus Walker. He, he's a Swiss Army knife, you know, committed, you know, played at Houston last year. 
Shot under 35% from three. But again, he's probably one of the best defenders in this draft. Um, you know, and, and last year, I felt like times he kind of disappeared on the floor, especially offensively. Um, and with all the talent, you know, with Halburn, you know, he'll, he won't have to do a ton of scoring-wise. But um, I think somebody coming helped even because Indiana was not great defensively last year. No, no, not at all, not at all, not, not at all. Now, with the number eight pick, I'm going to make it simple. The Wizards, they lost a shooting guard in Bradley Beal. I think they go out and draft another guard in Grady Dick. Grady Dick shot the ball really, really well from three. I think he'll be kind of the replacement for Bradley Beal. I know this team has a long way to go in terms of rebuilding this team, but at the number eight pick, I got the Wizards going with Grady Dick out of Kansas. I am going with forward Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. Another one and dunk kid. Um, top 75 or top 70 prospect last year. Came out of nowhere. Um, great rim protector, and he's a really good spot-up shooter for the four spot. Again, Washington, with everything going on right now, I think you got to get the best available player, and I think Taylor Taylor Hendricks is, is, you know, would bring that to Washington. Now, with the number nine pick, that's with the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz had a little bit of a surprising year last year. I thought they were going to be worse than they were because that was because of the a big reason why it was because of the play of Lowry marketing. But I think the biggest thing for the Jazz, they got to get a guard. They traded Donovan Mitchell. Now they need a guard. You need a guard. You need a guards league. You need a player that can distribute the ball and that can score the ball. And I think that could. And I think that guy could be Jaylor Hood Shafino out of out of uh, Indiana. And that's why I got with the ninth overall pick, the Jazz taking Jaylor Hood Shafino out of Indiana. Yeah, I'm going another guard as well, going out at Arkansas, Anthony Black. Um, you know, he was the number one recruit last year. You know, wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he's a really good playmaker, really, really well solid, too, on the defensive end of the floor. Um, yeah, Utah needs some guards, and I think, you know, either or Huchifino or Anthony Black would be two very good choices for the Jazz. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 that team needs a point guard. And I would, yeah, definitely one of those two guys would be really good for that team. Now, with the number 10 pick with the Mavs. Now, usually in the spot the Mavs are in, they would like to have that veteran, you know, that, that, you know, guy, that, that veteran player, that maybe that, you know, junior or senior that, you know, could make their team good immediately. But the thing about this draft is this draft is filled with a lot of freshmen, in my opinion. So a lot of the best players are freshmen or guy or, or, or 19 and 20 year olds. So uh, I think the biggest need for the Mavericks though is a wing because I think they're going to re-sign Kyrie Irving. I think they kind of have to. I think they're going to re-sign Kyrie, even though I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan. I think they're going to re-sign him. So with this, but with this pick, I think they need a wing player because Bullock and uh, Hardaway are not that are not that good. Neither play. I think Hardaway has his flashes of being good. Bullock can shoot threes, but none of them are, are that good. So I think the biggest thing is they need a wing player. I think a good fit would be Taylor Hendrick Hendricks out of UCF. I think that would be a really, really good pick for the Mavericks at 10. Yeah, I like that pick. I'm going to go with Kaysen Wallace out of Kentucky. Um, he is actually from Dallas. But, again, I, I think he is the best on-ball defender in the draft. Again, um, you know, I remember last year that game against Michigan State where it ate steals. You know, they did lose in overtime, but just the way, um, you know, he's not a great catch-and-shoot guy, but he could play off the ball. Um, you know, he's a really good playmaker. And I think that could fit really well with Luka Doncic. Even if Kyrie comes back, I got the Orlando Magic. I mean, the um, the Dallas Mavericks in Case and Wallace. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That is a good pick there. Now, number eleven, that is the Orlando Magic, and I think I think you know if they say they take a a guard at number six with Anthony Black, I and I do have some good wings with Ben Caro and uh, and Wagner. I think they need a guy who can play inside. And that's why with the 11th pick, I got the Magic taking Jarris Walker out of Houston. Justin, who do you got the Magic taking with their second first-round pick at 11? 
I get Grady Dick out of Kansas. I think second best shooter in this draft. Um, they're desperate need of that of, of shooting. Um, you know, he's got such a quick release. Again, the passing and, and the playmaking's got to get a little bit better. But again, they need him to score. And um, you know, I, I think he, I think, I think he helps them do that right away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Grady Dick would be nice for the Magic there at eleven. Now with the twelfth overall pick, now. I'm guilty of this. I shouldn't be picking guys I can't pronounce their name. And you picked a much better guy. I probably now I'm regretting it doing my mock draft. I should just pick <laughs> put this guy here. But for the for the Thunder, they got SGA. You got Chet Holmgren. So you got two really good players there. I think maybe they get another shooter, another wing. That's why I, I can't pronounce his name. But the kid from France. Could you did you do you know his name? No, I think it's I think the last name's like Calab lie, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to do the to first me, name. I feel like they need a wing, so I got them taking that guy with the number 12th overall pick. Justin, who do you, you got our guy going number 12? Yeah, I got Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. Um, teaming up. But um, again, I think he's the best spot up shooter in this draft. He's so good at coming off the screens as well and knocking down. He's got such a quick release. Again, he's a solid defender. The ball hanging has got to get better. The He's got to work on his body. He's got to get stronger to go to the basket. He did that a little bit late in the season last year. He's already got two concussions of going to the basket, but Again, I, I think Hawkins, I think the one worry is he could be a one-trick pony with a shooting ability. I know he had some good workouts, but Hawkins going to Oklahoma City Thunder and adding some shooting to that team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. With the 13th overall pick, I got the Raptors. They they Flam Fleet, he, uh, he opted out, so I got them taking another guard. I got the Raptors taking Cason uh, Wallace from Kentucky with that pick. I think this will be a good addition for them. I think this will be a good addition. They need another guard. So this will be a good addition for the Raptors at 13. Yeah, I got um, Derek White had it coming out of Duke. I, he got off to a really slow start. I think the whole year he's, you know, he had foot surgery in the off season, but he's a very athletic, um, very explosive wing. You know, the injuries are, are concerning. You know, he's a really good defender. He's a versatile defender. He could guard multiple positions and he's a good finisher on the rim. Decent shooter. Um, but again, was supposed to, you know, the, the numbers are not eye popping from last year, but again, the talent is there, you know, you just hope you could stay healthy. Absolutely. Now, number four, the 14th pick, and that goes to the new Orleans Pelicans, uh, the Pelicans, if you look at their roster, they need guard play. I think they need guard play. They got a good wing in Ingram. Obviously they got, we'll see what happens with Zion. Obviously good center in Valanciunas, McCollum's a good guard, but I feel like they need a, another guard. And that's why with the 14th pick, I got them taking Nick Smith jr. Out of Arkansas. Yeah, I got him taking another guard. I got him taking Keontae George out of Baylor. He's a fantastic shooter. The problem is he's just very, very streaky. Um, I think there's a lot of untapped potential, too, of him being a playmaker. Um, didn't really do that a lot last year at Baylor. But, again, and, you know, the crazy thing is he's not a great defender and playing for Scott Drew, who's a very, you know, very good defensive head coach. Um, you did not see that all last year. That was Baylor's big problem why they – we're not Baylor last year, but I, I think Kante George very streaky. But again, if he's but if he's on, he's on. righty, with the fifteenth pick, uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I think they, their guard play is fine with Murray and Young. I think they need a big. I think that uh, Clint Capella has not played as well over the last couple of years, and that's why I got Derek Lively at a Duke going to them at fifteen. I got Noah Clowney. He's very young but very raw. You know, I think he gives the Hawks a mix of a really good shooter. You know, and who can also. You know, he's a very good rim protector. You know, he's a four that could space. You know, he's can play the four. He could space the floor, which is very valuable in today's NBA. So I think he fit very well with that. Um, with with the Atlanta Hawks. 
Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. So we'll wrap up the M- our NBA talk talking about John Morant. And, and on Friday, he was ha- the league did come to their decision, handing them handing him a 25-game suspension. I do think it's a little light. I know Miles Bridges, uh, uh, Miles Bridges only got 30 games for what he did. So I think the league didn't want to go over that because John Morant technically didn't break the law. But for me, I think it was like, this is the second incident with a gun. Second incident with a gun. He's waving a gun on Instagram Live. I think I think there's a little bit like now I wouldn't have went the whole season. I would have went half the season. I do think 25 games is and then with the money he's losing is a punishment. And I hope he learns from this because he's a he's a top 10 talent in this league. Now I wouldn't take I'd take 10 players over him because of the off the court stuff. Uh I would definitely take 10 players over him, but I think he's a top 10 talent in this league. So I do think he'll learn from this, but I do think it's and I don't, I don't think it's uh, really light, but I think it's a little light with 25 games. Oh, I think completely like I think it's a joke. Ooh, wow, wow, five. Wow, I think joke. it should have been at least half of half a season. Like what? It, like again, what is this? Like twenty five games. I don't think is enough. I'm like eight didn't seem like enough. It kind of seemed like a big joke to him. I don't think a quarter of a season is going to do it, or not even well, a little bit more than a quarter of a season is going to do enough. I'm not. I don't. I'm not convinced of that. I'm really not. Again, I'll be completely honest. I this is one of the reasons why I don't think Adam Silver is a greatest commissioners everybody says he is because the players you know boss him around and he can't like this is something that you really for everyone else in this league you really could have you know set an example of this this is not going to fly in my league and i think he dropped the ball on that i don't think he did a very good job with this and i think it should have been at least half the season Tell again i hope he gets help and i hope maybe 25 gate does help him but i think it's a complete joke that it's not at least 40 games it, it should have been so for me Part of the reason why I'm not a big silver fan, but look, I, I just should have been at least a half a season. I, I think that would have really made a ton of lesson. Yeah, and and you make a good point with silver with discipline. Miles Bridges has a domestic violence issue; he only gets 30 games. Mm-hmm. John Morant flashes a gun for the second time. You mm-hmm. got a great point, and he only gets 25 games. Yeah, discipline is a major, major issue with Adam Silver. We thought when he dropped, which he had to drop the hammer on Donald Sterling. That was absurd what he said. Yeah. When he dropped the hammer on Donald Sterling, we like we were like, this commissioner is great. He's going to punish anybody. And now you're seeing a lot of light punishments here from John Morant, from Miles Bridges. You're seeing light punishments. And, yeah, you're right. He may not end up learning from this, and his talent could be wasted. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part because, again, I, I still remember watching that open practice for the um, 2018 regional in, in Hartford. Again, the stuff that he was doing in practice, just the dunks he was throwing down at warm-ups, it, it was, you know, it was amazing to Unbe- see this guy. In Unbelievable. Person. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and again, you, you see it translate to, to to Memphis and see, you know, they were a two-seed last year. Like, again, he's a fantastic player, but, yeah, he cannot, he can't get his head in the right place, and it's unfortunate. You know, yeah, the bridge suspension, too, that was, a, that was ridiculous. That should have been at least, like, 50, 60 games, even more. But, yeah, you know, this is, Again, the players won the league, and that's that's the thing that he's got to fix. And I know that's a discussion for another day, but yeah, you know the Morant thing. Yeah, it's, I, I hope he gets help because he's a talented player in Memphis. Memphis, Memphis has a really good roster again, and you know they're they're going to be a threat in the Western Conference. But again, you know he's not he's not going to be hanging around for too much longer in this league if he continues to do stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's one more incident away, especially with the handgun. He's one more incident away from it being over. He's one yeah. more incident away from being over. And then if that if something else happens, then this twenty five game suspension is this is a terrible call. This is this is very light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it would be. You know, and then and then what Silver kind of announced, yeah, we're our punishment. You know, we will not say at the finals. Like he made it kind of sound like, yeah, you know, like we're really going to drop the hammer on him. He 
you know, like it just kind of seemed like it was all talk and, you know, no action. But yeah, I, I think with Morant, yeah, it's at this point, yeah, one more strike. And yeah, because well, how many more times can Memphis keep holding on this guy if he keeps doing stuff like this? It's again, he's hurting his team. Yep, it's, yep. It's, it's a team you're going to lose him for half a season or for about a little bit more than a quarter of a season. So yeah, it's unfortunate. And you hope he gets help. And, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they could say, um, Staying on track for the first 25 games without him, and hopefully they, they, they stay above load and maybe they can make a run without him next year or with him next year when he comes yeah, back. We'll end up seeing, we'll end up seeing, but yeah, it's just, just, uh, it's not good for John Morant, but hopefully he learns from this. But the Yankees and Red Sox are going two different directions as we saw this weekend. But, we, but before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go up and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so the Yankees have really been struggling, especially especially on offense. I know they won last night. I get it, but guess who pitched last night? It was Garrett Cole. The team's 12-4 and four when Garrett Cole started, and Garrett Cole's a Cy Young Award winner. So, yeah, they won last night, but I think we expected them to win last night. The problem is this team and in their offense. Their offense, in the 24 games that Aaron Judge has played, only six times this team has scored more than four runs. One, and one of them was Friday night when they were getting crushed and the Red Sox were just throwing random pitchers in the game because they had the game won. So you could even say it's five times. So this offense is a major, major issue when Aaron Judge isn't played. Rizzo, I know we got a hit last, got a, got a, got a hit last night, but Rizzo has really struggled since he, since, since, since he came, since he's got hurt, uh, since he came off the IL. Uh, uh, Torres has been average at best. And then and really the rest of this lineup outside of Torres and Rizzo and Stanton has not been good at all since he came off the aisle. And then the rest of the lineup is just is absolutely terrible. I mean, you, you, you got guys, I know they got Bader back, which is, which is a positive, yeah. but you got guys like IKF, you got guys like Jake Bowers. I know Bowers 
played well, had some well. so had some plays defensively, but he's he's not a good hitter. You have guys like as as, as you know as Waldo Cabrera. You have guys in this lineup: Josh Donaldson, DJ Lemayu, Jose Trevino, who's absolutely terrible. This offense has been a major major issue. They're they're six they're sixteenth in runs scored right now in all the baseball and in major league and in all baseball. So this offense is the re- biggest reason why the Yankees are ten and a half games out of first place. I know the depth of the rotations a, a little bit is a concern too, but the biggest reason is because of this offense and Aaron Judge oh. not being there hasn't helped. Oh yeah, it again not in, in in baseball not one guy should make this much of an impact to a lineup, but it does like. Like the you know, even when like uh, Trout goes out, the the Angels aren't you know like it, there's not this much of a difference, and that's why Aaron Judge was like the leader last year in like WAR. There, there's a reason why. You know? Oh yeah, like like this this again, this team is just built on a bunch of older pieces like Rizzo, Lemayhu, Donaldson, you know, Stanton. And again, they can't see, and they're not great players anymore. Unfortunately, they're not. Yeah, those guys are definitely sh- sh- uh, they're definitely showing their A's. Uh, Stanton is, Donaldson definitely is, Riz- yeah. Rizzo is starting to, Lemayu definitely has over the last three years. Like TJ Lemayu hasn't been that hasn't been that good in three years. Yeah, I think since he signed the contract, he's two fifty nine. Is batting I saw two fifty nine. That's not good enough. That's and Gleyber Torres enough. has not been the guy. He hasn't been. Horrific. A lot of people get on Glaber Torres. He hasn't been horrible. At least he actually no. has 30 RBIs, which very few guys on this team have 30 RBIs. I think yeah. he's the only guy outside of Aaron Judge that, or Anthony Rizzo to have 30 RBIs. But still, he's not the player we thought he were, we were getting in 2019. Mm-hmm. We thought we were getting a stud in 2000. We thought we were going to have a stud in our team in 2019. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We thought we did, and we have not yet. And that's the disappointing part is, you know, again, Torres just, it, it, Torres just feels like he's just too nonchalant like, with things like, like it just comes so easy to him that at times he just doesn't can't make the simple plays at times, and I feel like that's even hitting wise as well. But yeah, like Stan and Donaldson are just like Don- Donaldson's contemplating retirement, I guess next year. Again, why don't you give Oswald Peraza a chance down at Triple like he's that's, that's what Joe, Trevor, and Ted were saying yesterday. Give Peraza right. a chance. Right, look at the Reds; yeah. they've brought a bunch of guys up. De La Cruz; they brought a bunch of guys up, and they've won ten or ten in a row. Yeah. Just bring guys up if the guy if the oh we don't want to ruin we don't ruin his confidence. If the guy is better than the guy, if the younger guy is better than the guy he's replacing, bring him up. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? You know, I don't, I don't get it with this team. They're full of excuses. That's all they yep. are. Like, yep, yep. how Leslie, like, you know, Sam Bernard two weeks ago said, you know, yeah, when we get all the pieces back, you know, what Judge comes back, when we get healthy, you know, I think we're willing to be a contender. Yeah. But even if Judge, know, if Judge comes back, their offense still isn't, it's still, it's better, but it's not great. Their rot- the, the the issue the depth in the rotation that's still an issue and also we'll get to this not having a consistent ninth inning guy that's still an issue too so some of the issues still still happen are, are still there and the thing is even if Judge comes back they're not better they're not better than the Rays they're not better than the Orioles they're not better than the they're not better than the Astros or the Rangers if I know the Astros are they're ahead of the Astros yeah. in the standings but I'll give the Astros the benefit of the doubt because of how they've been dominant over the last you know six seven mm-hmm. years but they're not better than the Astros or Rangers in the American League they're still they're still arguably not even a top five team in the AL with Judge coming back. Yeah, that's the problem with this team. And again, these players are all full of excuses. You know, they're like, yeah, yeah, we miss Judge and all that. And it's just like we should feel sorry for him. It's like we don't feel sorry for any of you. You know, we 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 don't. You, you got to be out there product production wise. But yeah, you're ten half back of the Rays. Yeah, you're not catching them. You're they're not better than the O's right now. You know, again, 
especially with the O's eighth and ninth inning guys that they got in the back end of the bullpen. And the thing is, the Orioles are a team that, all right, they don't have, they don't, uh, Mullins is out and Mountcastle out. They're not making mm-hmm. excuses. They're still winning ball games. No, no, they're sticking to their owners that don't believe in them. You know, maybe, maybe that's what Hal and Catherine have to do. Maybe they have to say we don't believe in this team. Maybe that will wake them up. It seems like that helped the O's. I don't yeah. like their, their, their owner all off seems like, yeah, I'm not making moves because I don't think last year's a fluke. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what we got to start trying to do instead of yeah, trying yeah. to, because they still talk about how this is a championship. I like the, the expectations every year. It's championships. We haven't won one and it's going to be 14 yeah, years. They, they got to stop with that. Yeah. They got to stop with, oh, the ex- we, 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 our, our goal is to, is to be, our, it's championship or bust every year. It's not because you kept Aaron Boone. The fact, if it was championship or bust, you wouldn't have Brian Cashman as your GM anymore and you wouldn't have Aaron Boone as your manager if, if, you're, if, if it was championship or bust. That was your, if that was your expectation. They're happy just making the playoffs. Like they're last year is a year they don't. The last year they were they were fine with last season. They were fine with last season because they made the ALCS. They're fine with making the ALCS and getting into the and winning the division. That's what they're fine doing. They're not. It's not championship or bust with the Yankees. There's there's no way that, that with the way they've operated, there's no way it's championship or bust. No, it's not. It, it it's not. And it shouldn't be right now because you know the the way they've been playing or the way the last couple of years, like the postseason last year. You know, like I think this is what. Again, I think as long as I think you know uh, Steinbrenner's happy, as long as he makes the playoffs, as long as Yankee Stadium is filling up night in and night out, and they're making money, I don't think they care. I don't think you know. I don't think he minds. You know, like I don't think a major change happens until you see like a Saturday in the middle of July or August when there's like twenty thousand people. Maybe that's when they make a change. But till then, if you're still still at the ballpark, why make a change? Why change anything? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, the that's, that's the that, problem. That, yeah. yeah, that's the problem. I mean, it's just, they, yeah, they, Cashman didn't improve this offense in the offseason, and they tried to improve the rotation, but the guy they got to improve it is still on the IL, and he's had a history of getting hurt. Yeah, they need they, the back issue sounds like this thing. You know, a back's never a good thing. When it's your back, that especially he's in his 30s as well, that's never a good thing. He, They pitched well, I heard, last night in double A. Well, you know, we'll, we'll still – Again, they're going to need all the pitching help they can get because they're going to have to continue to win games 3-2, 2-1, something like that. And, you know, look, it, it's frustrating that this offense, just it's so inept without Aaron Judge. But, you know, I just, you know, how do you get rid of some of these contracts and make moves? And that's that's a problem. Like, I know they wanted to bring back Ben Tenney, but he wanted five years. The Yankees would only give him four. That would have helped your left field problem. You know, like, but, you know, I just, I, you know, with, with, like like the Donaldson trade never made sense because why are you giving him $25 million? He's a shell of himself. The stand, like I always felt like the Stanton thing was because this was right after a tiny sign with, with the Angels. I always felt like, you know, they only got Stan because they lost out on Otani and they kind of like, all right, we have to make a move here. And again, Stan was just coming off that 59 home run season. Like, again, I, I don't, you know, and I think they figured, look, if we win a World Series, you know, with Stan and, the back few, the last few years of that contract will make up for kind of his struggles in the last couple, of, you know, in his last few years of his contract. But again, that's not that's not happening because we haven't won a World Series, so like that contract doesn't kind of so like that hasn't helped things out either. So I feel like that's a problem right now with the Yankees and some of the moves that they made is they're kind of well, if we win a World Series, the back end's gonna be okay. Like I think the same thing with Judge and maybe even Cole, but you know, Cole's been awesome and. And we'll hopefully continue to stay awesome. But yeah, I think it's with the Yankees, it's just some of the moves that they made, they just they rely on too many veteran guys. And I don't think 
Because sometimes you see teams go out and get like a one year guy for like seven, eight million dollars, and you and they have like great, great years. The Yankees don't really get guys like that. Doesn't seem like you know. I'm trying to think of them. I don't, I don't really, you know, they don't really do that too often. Absolutely, yeah, they don't. They don't. They 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 don't. They they don't. And, and yeah, it's just it's the way this team has been constructed. It's the way this team has been constructed. They haven't really gotten better offensively. They're relying on outside of Judge. They're relying on guys in their thirties to hit. They have not hit. They have not hit. They have not played up the potential. So yeah, it's it's just the way this. It's it's both. You can blame Boone. You can blame Cashman. It's both of them. But yeah. if this thing doesn't work out, you know who's gonna who's gonna be who's gonna be held accountable for it. It's gonna be Boone because Cashman Cashman got a new contract last year. Yeah. Now Boone still got two more years left, and yeah, they'll, again, just, they'll just get rid of them though. They'll just get rid of them. They, if they don't make the playoffs, they don't make the playoffs of twelve teams. Yeah, yeah. They ha- they cannot go back the same way. No. They cannot go back the same way. No. No, again, Wednesday night was another last Wednesday that game against the Mets. Oh, oh, why oh, take out Albert Abreu? Why, yeah, I know. And then he took Cole out after six. Yep, you gotta like Cole go another side. And then he was like, Yeah, we didn't want to like use um Holmes again or Peralta. Like, you need wins, you need to that's win the problem. You're not, you're not 10 and a half up. It's not like last yeah. year where you were way you were in first place for the entire season. You need wins, you got to get there first. So if you got to yeah. use your bullpen, you got to use your bullpen. Yeah, they had Thursday off and they had Monday off that week. Yeah. And then you got blown out this weekend. Like yep. yeah, that's the thing. That's that's the thing about some of these managers. It's like just win today, worry about tomorrow tomorrow. You know, exactly. like I, exactly. That's why I, I can't say I'm boom, but that may be the one thing. Yeah, maybe we get another analytical guy. Well, we will get another analytical guy. Of course, because they just hire, that's all baseball field. does is hire analytical guys. All these GMs yeah. do is hire analytical guys. The only yeah. guy who's not analytical in baseball now is Dusty Baker. Yeah, you know, then you know, yeah, they they let Baker. You know, Baker's a fine manager, and he's done a good job. Obviously, won the World Series, and you know, and of course, but um, yeah, you again. Hopefully, we get a new analytical guy, but has a feel to a baseball game. You know, like that that'd be the whole. Again, I know we're about to talk about Boston. There's Red Sox fans that blame Core for this. I I think 95 percent of Yankee fans would trade Core for Aaron Boone. You know, any perfect. day of the week you trade Core yeah. for Aaron Boone. Yeah, so. You know, I don't think Corey's going anywhere, but hey, you know, I think, you know, so, but yeah, I just said Boone, just zero feeling, just again, you know, you got to get wins when you get them. That's, that's the biggest problem with Boone. Yeah, it's not his fault with the roster construction, but again, the way he manages games sometimes and the way he manages the pitching staff. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now we'll go to some of the positives. How about Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole was really good last night. And where would this team be without Garrett Cole? He's got to be a Cy Young Award candidate because where would this team be without him? He's like he's eight and one. They're twelve and four when he's when he's when he's started games. Where would this team be without Garrett Cole? I don't, they would definitely not be in the playoff race. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I saw a stat this morning. He's I think it was from ESPN stats and info. When um when Cole pitches this year, when the Yankees are coming off a loss, they're seven and zero, and that's what an ace is supposed to do. Get a win. You know, after your team, especially in a bad kind of losing streak, you're you know you're you're supposed to figure it out. Go out there. and Pitch a great game like did again last night. I feel like a cold too this year. Like what the finger wagon last night that he's doing. Like I feel like we're getting the old Garrett Cole back we saw at Houston. Like I feel like the last couple of years with all the sticky stuff, like it's kind of more frail. I feel like and with all the excuses, you're you're kind of seeing that old Garrett Cole from Houston. Like you know, I, I'm the man out here and you ain't touching me. And it, it's this is finally the Garrett Cole. He's been good, but this is the year Garrett Cole. I think all Yankees been expecting the last couple of years. He's been good. He hasn't been great for this team. This year, he's been great for this team. Yeah, yeah he absolutely has. And it's, it's been fun to watch him pitch. And he's figured some things out, it looks like. And 
you know, in the offseason. Yeah, you know, they, they, they needed him this year in a couple of big spots. And last night was a big one. And, yeah, they shut down the Mariners. Again, they got some run early. They thought they, they had Kirby on the ropes. They couldn't really do other much damage. But it was enough to get it done. So, yeah, Cole, Cole's been a, a huge positive for this team. But the only way things start to change is, is if they win a game, another game in the series or sweep the Mariners. They beat Luis Castillo tonight. Then you yeah. can see things maybe start to change. But they, they got to win another game in the series. And they and I think they got to win this series against the Rangers when they come into Yankee Stadium. Take two out of three, take two out of three or sweep Seattle. Go five and one on this homestand. Then things will change. If they lose two out of three in this series and two out of three in, uh, in Texas, last night doesn't mean anything. Against Texas, I mean, yeah. last, last night means nothing. Yeah, absolutely, you know. And Cole would go Sunday against the Rangers. So if you try to get a split Friday or Saturday, you can go in that rubber mat Sunday feeling pretty good about yourself if you get a run or two. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think it's huge if they could win one more, you know, in this season. Especially tonight. If they could beat Castillo tonight, that'd be a big win. Because they never hit Luis Castillo. Never. Yeah. They they, they never hit him. So, yeah, that would be beautiful. They could get him tonight. Especially with with us having Brito going against him. Yeah. Even though Brito's pitched pretty good, good in his in his time here but you know so far but yeah he's a rookie you don't know what you're gonna expect from him so yeah if you could somehow get him tonight that'd be huge because tomorrow you got um for seattle i don't even know who this guy is i think he's made one start no Brian they, 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 they got to win this series if they yeah. don't win this series against the mariners and the mariners are a team that's underachieving as well yeah. they, t- last night mean last night doesn't mean anything last night doesn't mean anything yeah. if they can't win one of these next two games yeah absolutely you know the mariners i think last year kind of Getting into the postseason last year was huge for me. I think you're kind of seeing a little bit of hangover from Seattle this year. So I'm absolutely with you. You got to win at least one of these last two games this week in Seattle. Yeah, and now go, moving on to the series against the Rangers this week. You got Friday night, Smith against Dunning. I don't think they win that one. Severino against Gray, I don't think they win that one. Sunday, I think they win. So I do think the way the Yankees are playing, uh, Texas does take two out of three. But I do think they should take two out of three over the Mariners. But I do think Texas still wins two out of three. The team's got to show me more. But if they could win two out of three – this weekend against Texas and win the Mariners series, I think things will start to change. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of what you need to comment. Because then after that, they go to Oakland and – or they go to Oakland and San Schedule Louis. Schedule softens up. Schedule yeah. softens up. Oakland at Oakland, they should win all those games. And they got St. Louis. Louis. They got St. Louis too. So, yeah. So, yes. It's about making some progress. And they got to just – they got to win this homestand. I, I want four mm-hmm. – I want four and two on this homestand. I would like four, two, four out of six as well. I don't – See it happening? Yeah, I think they lose two out of three to Texas. The way they're being you know, off again, I hope we win Sunday against our old friend Andrew Haney. Uh, I know we've been pitching better with Texas, but that that you know, yeah, hoping to find a way to win either Friday or Saturday will be tough. But yeah, I think Seattle. I think they get two out of three in Seattle, but I'm not very confident about it. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. So, but now we will move to the uh, Boston Red Sox, and the Red Sox have been playing really well. They've won. They've won five in a row. They won six in a row. They swept the Yankees. They won their first two games against against Minnesota. And listen, I've been a big critic of High and Bloom, but I got to give him some credit. Paxton, he has been good for them. Uh, they've developed Brian Bello. Brian Bello pitched really, really well on 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 Sunday. And some of the moves offensively have been really good. Justin Turner. We saw Justin Turner in that Yankee series at two home runs Friday night, setting the tone there. Uh, you did. I think he had another home run on. Uh, he met, he might have, you know, I think another big hit on Sat on Sunday in the doubleheader. Yeah. Justin Turner's been really good. Yoshida's been good. Uh, Verdugo has hit the ball well. Duvall's when he's played has been a good pickup. Obviously, Devers is a stud, but their rotation is improved. It's better than we think now with the way Bello has pitched and with the way Paxton has pitched. This rotation is better than we think. And then in the bullpen, Kenley Jansen obviously has been really good for them as well. So 
The big thing for the Red Sox is, is, is to try to get to third, to finish third place in the division. Between the Blue Jays, Yankees, and Red Sox, the team that finishes third is the team that's going to make the playoffs out of those three teams. And the team that, I think, in my opinion, the team that finishes fourth and fifth, the two teams that finish in fourth and fifth aren't, aren't the, are not going to make the playoffs because I think that the Astros, even though they're behind the Rangers and Angels, I do think they're going to eventually find a way to make the playoffs. We know the Rangers will be a playoff team. We know the Rays will be a playoff team. The Orioles will be a playoff team. And then one team from the Central is going to make it. So the goal is to finish third in the division. And with the, where the Red Sox are right now, the biggest thing with the Red Sox is what they've done over the last couple of weeks. It started in the Bronx against the Yankees. They've, they're, they're keeping themselves afloat. They're keeping themselves in it. Until the, I think they're, I think now, I think they're going to keep themselves in it until the trade deadline, so they can add a starter and try to compete for this thing. I think, I think, I think they're going for it now. I think the Red Sox are going for it. I think some of Bloom's, I am Bloom's moves in the offseason are better than we think. I think the Red Sox are definitely putting themselves in position. Winning five out of six against the Yankees put themselves in position to be a contender this year. Yeah, they have the last you know week or so. Yeah, with the offensive, you know, uh, Devers, Verdugo, Justin Turner had a big weekend. Yeah, they're starting to turn a corner here, and you know, again, part of it, I think. Well, did you, I think it was Trevino? It was Trevino. I think it was Trevino or IKF last week said, "Yeah, you know, like the Yankee Red Sox rivalry, it's not as heated as once was, and it was they were kind of like pretty talking? much saying like the it's Red Sox." I know it isn't, but why would you I, yeah. say that? I don't know. So it kind of feels like maybe maybe that woke up Boston a little bit, taking a shot at them. So, um, yeah, they again they. They've hit the ball really well the last two nights, or even in that Yankee series, they they pounded them. Um, especially after the first couple of games against the Rockies, where they did not play well. Um, but yeah, they're starting to they're starting to figure it out. And yeah, Yoshida's been awesome. You know, Cutter Crawford's ERA's down to, to uh, you know, it's in the threes now. Brian Balos looked really, really good. Um, you know, Whitlock pitched, you know. I think Whitlock's going tonight, but he was coming off a really good start against the Rockies last week. And yeah, Paxson's been really, really good. He's had a one bad start, and that was against the Angels. And other than that, um, yeah, he's been awesome for him. And you know, again, Sale, I don't I don't know if Sale's gonna come back this year. I know they're hoping maybe late August. You could add a guy like that too, maybe. But way he was pitching before he got hurt, you know, you could you could maybe potentially add him at the end, end of the year. Um, you know, John Schreiber is going to be back, I think, at the end of the month, too. And he's a really good piece at their back end of the bullpen with Jansen. Um, and Story, Story might be coming back. Story's hoping to start Story's big, in, too. Um, Story's big too, because then you could shift uh, Kike to second base. And that yeah, adds another yeah. bat in the lineup. Yep. So, they, yeah, they're hoping Story some point in July. And then he'll, he said he's going to be starting in shortstop in August. So, yeah, if you can keep yourself afloat the next couple of weeks, you can add a Trevor Story right around the All Star break. And, um, you know, it's, you know, for Boston right now, you got to kind of, because they haven't done well. Again, like the Rockies, you should have won two out of three. You could, you know, you shouldn't have, I know the Reds are starting to play well, but like a couple of those series against the NL Central teams really kind of hurt now. But, but the thing is for them, they've made up for it against the Yankees and the Blue Jays. They've made up for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, actually you're right. They, they have made up for it for those struggles. Um, But yeah, this team's playing really well. Alex Kors kind of, figuring out the right buttons. And again, that offense right now, 382 runs. They're one of the best offense teams in, in the sport. And again, even if they're, you know, it's tough to rely on your offense every night because you're, they're, they're going to go through, you know, lumps. That's just what happens in 82 game season. But right now they're on fire and the pitching staff's really been helping them out. And it just kind of seems like, Hey, they, they, you know, both the hitting and the pitching have kind of figured it out right now. And that's, that's been huge. 
And I think they keep staying hot until uh, for the uh, th- through this weekend because I think they got a couple with the Twins. I think they could win one of those, and then they uh, then they go to Chicago this for, against the White Sox team that hasn't played well. So I think this team can continue to stay hot. But the biggest thing is is what they've done in that Yankee series. That was so key for them to take five out of six because now they're going to be they're they're contenders, and I think they're going to be contenders throughout the summer. Yeah, I think so too. Unless you know they go through a bit other bad stretch, but yeah, I, again, I, I think something. I think you know. Something I don't know what it was just playing the Yankees or what Trevino said or whatever like something something kind of clicked with them and um yeah it's been huge and yeah I, I think this team again this team's got talent again they they'd be in first place in AL Central like you know instead of sitting there in fifth place they'd be a couple games they'd be like you know four or five up I think in the NL or AL Central right now so yeah this again there's a good team on paper it was can the pitching staff come together. It has lately. Now, I think this is a team that, again, you know, they're only a half, you know, they're, they're only a game and a half back at third place now, the Yankees. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this team, we'll see what Hein does, but I, I would assume that he's going to go out and go trade some pieces if they're still in the, kind of right around, because they should be right around, you know, hovering right around third place. And, you know, with, with Toronto, the Yankees is, you know, with those teams, three teams slugging out for third place. Yeah, and he's got it. If he's in it, if he and he, I think and I think he's going to be in late July. He has got to go out and make a trade for a starting pitcher. They have got to do that. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely, absolutely. have to. You know, if you can get one more, and that'd be huge. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens with the Red Sox in the coming weeks. They've been playing really well. We'll see if they continue that. But we're going to wrap the show talking about Bob Huggins. And uh, on Saturday, he got arrested for for. Uh, because due to getting a D, uh, for driving under the influence for driving under the influence, he got a DUI on Saturday, and he and that resulted in him uh, resigning as head coach at West Virginia. Uh, and uh, I think I think the big reason why I think he was forced. I think the big reason why he was forced out more because of the DUI was because of the comments. I think the DUI, you know, you know, was the final straw. But I think the comments were a big reason too on that Cincinnati radio station he made. Uh, I think that was a big reason why he got why he got. Uh, why he resigned or was forced out. I think that's, that, that's why the big question though is here is this his final job is Bob Huggins done. And I think he's done. I think he's done. I don't think any, I think it's more because of the comments and the DUI is why he's done. Why I don't think he's going to get another coach coaching job. It's it, I, maybe a, if he wants a D two or a D three job, maybe, but in division one, I, I think he's done. Yeah. Um, I'm with you because they, after the comments, they reworked his contract to make it like a one year deal. And he took a $1 million pay cut and they put, West Virginia has a very, very good NIL fund. They put a lot of NIL money in it because this was, we'll see if they can keep that team intact, but this was supposed to be on paper his best team since 2010, the final four team. Wow. Like, you know, th- this was supposed to be a really, really good team. Uh, again, this is the second time he got busted for DUI. He got busted back when he was at Cincinnati back in the early 2000s. And now this is nothing confirmed, but I think those con- now from the DUI, I, I think you can kind of speculate that I don't think you know he may have been under something with doing those comments. That the wow. comments that he said, that's not something you would say sober. That's not. I don't no, know that, if you heard that, it. That, oh, it's. It, I'm not I, making I, excuses I, for him, but no, I'm just. Well, saying, I just. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's you, nothing you say sober. You can never make those comments. Those comments. No. Those. He should have been fired after the comments. That's a shame on West yeah. Virginia University for keeping this guy employed after the comments. That's a shame on them. He should have been fired after the comments. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I went back and forth. He is a living legend on that because he is from Morgantown. Like, he's one of those. I know he's I, a know, legend, but I, you can't say what he said. I know you can't. I know you can't. You know, I, 
it was tough. I'm like, all right, I was okay with because it was pretty much a one year. Okay, this is it. I was okay with that. Like one, we'll give you one final run here to try to go get back to a final four. And, you know, I I was okay with the one year thing, but I I could see your point of yes because most guys is not are not surviving the comments like that. They're just not, and it was going to be interesting too because they're playing Xavier as well this year. So that would have been fun. I think it's. It may be at Xavier. It may have been at. It's at Xavier too. So that would. I was kind of looking forward to that game. See, through the um, you know the the, you know when he walked on that floor. But yeah, we'll see where West Virginia goes now. It's again. I I love Bob Huggins. He's you know, he's always I, you know. We're one of my first moments of college basketball was him sitting up on that stu- on the bar stool. I just saw with the with like the polo jacket. Like I, I've always been a big Bob Huggins guy. I was hoping 2010 he was going to get his championship, but yeah, you know, again, yeah, I hope he gets help because yeah, you know, there's no way he could survive this in six weeks, two incidents like this. Nobody's surviving that. So it's unfortunate. I don't know where West Virginia goes to find a coach now because you're in June and teams are already working out. So be what they'll but, probably you know, do is knows. they'll probably hire an assistant to be the interim. Yeah. I, I would think they would have done that already. That's what I'm like. I don't know. Now, the other thing I've heard, too, is it sounds like he's maybe pulling the strings of donors trying to get Adam Kennedy or, yeah, um, Adam Kennedy, the UAB coach, who's former assistant, to get that job. But because it sounds like he he's trying to get part of that, I you know, who he hires next, which I don't think he should after this. No, but. after the mistakes, absolutely not. You shouldn't. Yeah. You're lucky you didn't he's get fired. fired. You're lucky you didn't yeah. get you, – you're lucky they, they let you – or they or they say they, they're saying they're, they're saying they, they, you resigned. You're lucky you weren't yeah. just fired after what the last two incidents. You're very lucky you didn't. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, they they are. And again, the uh, last thing too is is what should that AD two's got a bit because I'm surprised they kept that football coach Neil Brown. I think Neil Brown's be fired in November, so like he's got two big hires. Like he's got to hit the the basketball one, and I think this is going to be his first football one as well. So like he's got these are two big hires. So it's tough that you're going to probably have to do this back to back because I don't think Neil Brown's going to last to to the end of the year. I think they're going to probably fire Neil Brown by October. November looking to schedule so big big kind of couple key job points here for the AD at West Virginia because that's a that's a great fan base and you know it's a very dedicated fan base but we'll, we'll see it's you know sad to see what, what happened to Huggins here yeah his, yeah the AD at West Virginia his work is cut out for him and for Bob Huggins he I mean great coach but made two horrendous made two terrible mistakes to, uh, to end his career but that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ for Justin D'Onofrio I'm Steve Risser We'll be back next week talking about NBA offseason news, the Yankees and Red Sox, and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is-
My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.